Well, good morning, my friends. It is uh, podcast number 306. I'm recording this for Friday, June 11th. There's still a lot of work happening outside my house. It uh, appeared over the uh, last few days that they were going to uh, break ground on two houses. Turns out they're going to break ground on five or six. So busy, busy time. So be praying, would you, with me for my neighbors, my future neighbors, uh, that we would be a blessing to them and, um, and minister to them in many ways if we can. We're in Mark chapter 6. We're going to look at um, just a few verses in Mark chapter 6 on this Friday. We're going to we're going to look, remember in Mark, we're, this section, we're looking at the unbelief. We're looking at the unbelief of his enemies, uh, uh, the unbelief of uh, family and friends, and, um, and even the unbelief of some of his disciples in situations. And trust me when I say that... Uh, I'm not downing these people for their unbelief because I'd have been right in the front of the crowd saying, this can't be true. This can't be true. Uh, isn't this the Jesus uh, who is the carpenter's son? So that's what I would have said. I mean, I, I, I'd i love to say that I would think differently, but I'm sure I wouldn't have. And in Mark chapter 6, um, verse 30, and you can also find this story in John chapter 6, 1 through 15, it's Jesus, Jesus feeding the 5,000. And I know, I know, I know you've heard this thing a million times, but uh, maybe between uh, what Wearsby has to say and, and what we look at today, maybe we can find something new to chew on. Verse 30, the apostles returned to Jesus and told them all they had done and taught. Remember earlier in Mark chapter 6, verses 7 through 13, he sent them out and he sent them out to minister. So they're back now. And he told him, they told him all he had done and taught like they would really need to, but still they were still thinking that he was a, a rabbi and a, and a, um, a prophet, uh, not really the son of God yet. Um, so they weren't sure, uh, but they were pumped about the results. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. If you are a leader, can I just... Can I just say, as I was reading this, I thought to myself, when I was pastoring full-time, did I ask my leaders to get away and to rest? Did I ask my volunteers to get away and rest, or did I just continue to drive them? That's something I will take to the Lord in prayer today. I think sometimes we just try to drive people because we, we want to be successful in ministry. I hate to even say that, but I think that's the case at times. And if you're a pastor, what are you doing to your family? Are you pulling them away and giving them time to rest? See, they had not yet learned what it meant to be so exhausted from the ministry. And you'll find that out here because they love to go and minister. But when all of these people started to come to them, they wanted to send them away. Uh, it says, come and rest for raw. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. They hadn't even taken time to eat. Now they were excited about what was going on, but Jesus knew that they were going to be doing more and they were going to need to get some rest. Verse 32, and they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now, many of these guys were fishermen and uh, many of the people who were on the shores were probably not. So this was their way of escape. I don't know what your way of escape is. I don't know where your place of escape is, but it's important to to get away. Verse 33, now many saw them going and recognized them and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. 
you know, there is uh, divine interruptions and then there's ordinary interruptions. And each one of them has things to teach us and things that we can learn from. And the disciples were about to learn from the master. Verse 34, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Isaiah 53, 6 says, we all like sheep have gone astray. We all like sheep have gone astray. And Jesus talks about being the good shepherd in John chapter 10. Now he lays down his life for his sheep and now his sheep know his voice and they won't follow anyone else. Uh, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd and he began to teach them many things. And while he was teaching them many things, he was teaching the disciples by his actions as well. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and they can buy themselves something to eat. Now, I'm not going to say that they weren't compassionate. I'm just going to say that maybe their compassion was, hey, realistic. Like we're out here in the middle and there's no 7-Eleven. You know, there's no AMPM. They need to get some food, so you better send them away. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. <laughs> you give them something to eat. And he said to them, they, he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Oh, excuse me, I, I skipped a verse. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii, which is about a year's worth of wages for a common labor worth of bread and give it to them to eat? Um. That's a lot of money, and I'm sure they didn't have that. And maybe there was some sarcasm here. Should we just go and buy this? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said five and two fish. We find out in, in John chapter 6, verses 8 and 9, that it was Andrew who went. John tells again the same story. Then he commanded them to all sit down in groups on the green grass so they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. Gave them to the disciples to set before the people. Now, there's a lot of things going on here. Um, first of all, the disciples are tired and need rest and don't realize it. But Jesus is teaching them this valuable lesson that when there are interruptions, you deal with the interruptions. Um, I love the, this in uh, this quote in Wearsby. Uh, a man by, by the name of Vance Hafner says, if you don't come apart and rest, you will come apart. If you don't come apart and rest, you will come apart. Each of them needed to rest. Jesus modeled rest to them, and Jesus was trying to get them to realize that they needed to rest. The crowds were very zealous. The crowds were probably overzealous. They were looking for Jesus to do the things that they had heard him do, and many of them maybe had seen him do. Look at Luke chapter 9, verses 10 and 11. Luke chapter 9, verses 10 and 11. This is uh, a little bit of the same, this is the same story. 
On their return, the apostles told them all uh, that they had done, and he took them and withdrew them apart to a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds learned that they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. So Jesus is ministering to their needs. Jesus sees them as sheep without a shepherd. He sees a lot of things that are going on. So he sees the physical needs, but he also perceives something else. Verse 15 of John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse 15. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountains by himself. See, the disciples weren't even sure if Jesus um, should be in this situation or not. So they weren't really ready for this. And Jesus knew this. And Jesus, perceiving that they were about to come and try to drag him and by force make him do something that he wasn't about to do, he got away by himself. He got away by himself. John chapter 6, verse 3 says, Jesus went up to the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. He needed to to get away. He needed to, to, um, to see what was in the hearts of his disciples before he even ministered to the crowds. But then the crowds continued to come because they wanted to see a miracle. And Jesus perceived in their hearts that they were believing that this was something more than this new kingdom, that Jesus was about to overthrow um, everything and turn everything upside down, and they were about to get what they wanted, which is freedom from the Romans, which was the return of justice and the return of the the Jewish nation to its proper place with with the 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 descendant of David on the throne. Turn to Matthew chapter nine. Turn to Matthew chapter nine, verses thirty-five through thirty-eight. Matthew chapter 9, 35 and through 38. says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest in to the harvest. And then he makes them sit down. In the middle of this, 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 this area, he has them sit down on the grass and he's about to do something incredible. No one even has a clue what's happening. And Jesus sends them out to figure out what, um, what they have. I love... What Wiersbe says here, he says, the first step is not to measure our resources, but to determine God's will and trust him to meet the need. And they sarcastically said, hey, should we go buy, uh, you know, a year's worth of food to feed him a meal? Jesus says, have them sit down. In Psalm 23, Psalm 23, a familiar portion of scripture. I love the picture here as Jesus has them sit down on the grass, and it appears there's no possible way, no possible way that he can take care of them. Psalm 23, 
David says in verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. What a beautiful picture here. As he has them sit down. He has them sit down. The disciples don't know what's next. The disciples have no clue what's next. But turn to Psalm chapter 78, verses 17 through 19. I love tying the, no, the old with the new. The old with the new. Psalm 78, verse 17. He's talking about the people that grumbled in the desert and in the wilderness. In verse 17, it says, Yet they sinned still more against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. Psalm 78, verse 17. Verse 18, they tested God in their heart by demanding food that they craved. Verse 19, they spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? Can God spread a table in the wilderness? And the answer is yes. No matter what your wilderness is, no matter what your situation, no matter what you're going through, Jesus is your source. So again, we don't measure what we have. We count on what he has. We don't measure our resources to determine God's will and trust him. We just determine um, that we'll, we'll trust him. Our part is to trust. Our part is to trust. Now, it doesn't mean we sit at home and we don't do anything. That's not what I'm saying. But many times, even with our hardest efforts and the things that we do, our resources are not enough, and we have to learn that his touch on our resources will be enough. Jesus uses these opportunities to teach greater things than just the physical. Look at John chapter 6 and verse 22. John chapter 6 and verse 22. Remember, I told you earlier in John chapter 6, he covers the feeding of the 5,000 as well. Uh, but a little while uh, after that, down in this same chapter, verse 22, he says, On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw there um, that there had been only one boat and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. How in the world did Jesus get to the other side? They're still trying to figure out, even after seeing these miracles, Jesus is on the other side. How did he get there? Then they catch up and he's ministering to them. And Jesus says in verse 35 and 36, Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. I've, I've already showed you so many great miracles. I've done so many physical things. But if you can't believe the physical things, you're not going to believe the spiritual things. Look at John chapter 12, verses 37 and 38. John chapter 12, verses 37 and 38. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still don't believe in him. So that the word would be spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Isaiah 53 verse 1. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Jesus did miracles. We know that. But the reason for the miracles 
was greater than just the physical needs that Jesus saw. It was for them to to understand that not only could he meet the physical needs, but he wanted to meet the spiritual needs in their life as well. Like the paralytic let down through the roof, he said, "Sons, son, your sins are forgiven, first of all. And then he healed him. Your sins are forgiven. See, we can go about wanting the blessings of God and the gifts of God without wanting the giver or the blesser. We want everything he has, but we don't necessarily want to lay our lives down. We don't want to do what he wants us to do. We want to blame God when things go wrong, but we would never want to take responsibility for the fact that we have failed to do what we needed to do. We can't just be in it for the gifts. We can't just be in it for the gifts. We need to be in it for the gift giver. We need to have a relationship with him. And out of that relationship, we need to trust him for his provision, his protection, and his purpose. Let me pray. Numbers chapter 6, 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you until we talk again.